0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 130 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and this week we are all here again. Speaking of being here, December is already here somehow, and we are at peace because we are straight out of Bethlehem, which for parents (laughs) and production and everyone else, we're just straight out of ambition. So it was a good weekend after on Sunday to do absolutely (laughs) nothing. But a quick shout out to everyone who made that production come to life on Saturday evening here at the Hospital Church. Here, here. We had guests from all over online and in person. Vivian Cook led an amazing and exhaustive charge to make it something special, and the show did not disappoint. The kids absolutely hit a home run with the program. You can watch that on our Facebook page and our website, hospitalchurch.org. Last week was part four of our Give Thanks to the Lord series, where we decided that salvation. It's a gift we didn't earn, a gift we can't earn. It's a gift that doesn't need batteries, assembly, or know-how. It's a gift we rest in. It's a gift we can enjoy immediately. So give thanks because, well, it's a gift. You're not going to want to miss the snake. I heard lots about it, but I actually missed seeing mm-hmm. the message. Yeah. And apparently there were plenty of people that came up to talk to Greg so, afterwards. Yeah. Now about now why we did- <laughs> do we have
1: snake handling. Do we? have snake
0: handlers now that need to come in? We have yeah. certified snake handlers? <laughs> Anytime you want to catch up with a back episode or click on a message you've missed, hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. If you're an Apple podcast, swipe up and all the notes are there with links for your convenience. All right. This was week one of a season's greetings, starting off December, and we started off with peace. Who wants peace?
2: Man, I could use it, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I think about when someone says peace, and particularly at this time of year, is Frank Costanza. (laughs) Yelling at life and pretty much everybody (laughs) else for serenity now! Oh, right? That's that's the first thing that I think of. And of course it's a little silly, but there are times when we all feel the same way and we want to channel our inner Frank and just scream <laughs> our lungs out when someone or something has just trounced on our last nerve. And what better time to have your nerves trounced on than the holiday season? Whether it's out shopping, someone running over your back or your leg with the cart, or cutting in front of you in line, or just... What to or racing
2: you to the store. Yeah, there's no, there's <laughs> no traffic to <laughs> yeah, worry about. No,
0: no. But Jeff, you said peace is something we have to seek. Something comes when we are looking for it.
2: Yeah, that was a kind of actually a revelation for me too. Was it? Yeah, because most of the time you, you have people that that think that peace just you know is all around you, and you're just going to grab it here and grab it there. Or maybe if somebody, if you just be quiet, I could have peace. But what happens is that peace very quickly will leave you through a stress or through any kind of transition. It's easy for peace to go, but it just doesn't come back right in. Like normally what comes in is stress and anxiety, worry, and those things creep back in Yeah, and they, in a sense, they kind of find ways to block you from finding that peace again. So you have to kind of intentionally go looking for it. Well
0: I thought it was interesting because you said it might be right in front of us. Yeah. But yeah. it takes us opening our eyes to see it. Why are the things that rob us of our peace and of our joy and of just rest. Why are those so visible and discernible? And why does peace need our attention and intentions if we want to rest? Why why are those two diabolicals? That just is that just another one of the devil's tools that's like We put the cloaking device on the piece, and the rest of the stuff that you guys can all just be wallowing in and mad about and whatever, we'll just make that nice and easy. Here, would you like that with a cup of, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. your favorite drink to go with it?
2: Well, if it was easy, (laughs) uh, people wouldn't be taking medication for it, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your
1: counseling load would drop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, So when you talked about having to go after it
2: intentionally, coach us on how to do that. Well, that's a really great question because a lot of people will go, hey, I'm having a real difficult time with anxiety. You know, I just can't, you know, panic attacks and so forth. So, you know, most counselors or people that work in the fields will say, man alive, there is all sorts of different stress techniques or relaxation techniques that we teach and it's interesting you think about that from the standpoint of what? There, people are learning how to, to relax, which, you know, as I grew up, I never would have ever thought that you had to teach that to somebody how to relax. Well,
1: and how does that relaxing or some of those techniques that they will be taught, how
2: does that coincide with peace? Good question. I think a lot of times I'll throw a name out there. Kathleen came up to me afterwards. She says, you know, I want to talk to you, that peace that you felt if you listen to the sermon, one of the stories that I gave was the peace that I felt getting in an ambulance. Now, I wasn't very peaceful getting in <laughs> in the beginning. Didn't sound and, like it. And I wasn't very <laughs> cooperative because I didn't want to go. There's a couple things that yeah. started going through my mind. <laughs> number one, the expense. And number two, I had a ton of stuff to yeah. do that day. You know, so The just, cheapskate man, yeah. or the busy man <laughs> would not still be with us had he not gotten <laughs> in the ambulance. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. And that's very true. But the part that brought peace was this gentleman who, um, man, he just exuded competence. He just not only knew what he was saying, he just knew what was going on. You know, he didn't even have to show me what was on his monitor. I wouldn't have been able to know what was on his monitor anyway. But in a very direct term, he said to me, he says, you know what? you're going to want to reconsider because on my monitor right here, um, I'm showing a cardiac event. And so I need you to just lay down and let us do our job. <laughs> and and he didn't say it in a mean tone. He, didn't, sure. he said it in a very direct but very peaceful. And I I literally did. I sat, and it's one of the most peaceful moments that I can remember in well, present yeah, time. When I was listening to you talk about that, it
1: made me think about are there competencies that we should be building or practices that we should be building as followers of God to be able to speak Sh- peace into, into people's other lives. people's yeah. lives yeah yeah what would i need to say to a person filled with anxiety from a, a biblical or a spiritual aspect that would be thought competent enough (laughs) that it might actually
2: work. (laughs) I think that's one of the things that, and you know, we talk about Jesus being a healer, Mm -hmm. and we have this mystical understanding of him touching them and the infirmity or whatever is gone. I'm not saying that that power wasn't there, but we all know that healing is a great deal more about what's going on inside of our minds and our brains and sometimes that necessarily what goes yeah, on. In our... I
1: just wonder if just simply telling a person, you know, yeah. be at peace.
2: Yeah. If that actually makes them more peaceful. Well, I, you know, I always wondered <laughs> about that from the standpoint of from when Jesus said your sins are forgiven. Yeah. And to have somebody say yeah. that to you. Wow. That's a pretty or go in peace. Or go in peace yeah. or get so and the, and I didn't say this in the beginning because there was just not a, not a lot of time. But I had in my notes, and those of you that got the notes saw that shalom, hmm. the hmm. word that we hear, you know, in a yeah. Jewish terminology for peace. That's like shalom, brother. Kind of yeah, <laughs> <that>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has a denotion to it of completion, perfection, oh, wholeness, wholeness, yeah. So peace in its root form is connected to a much more broad understanding than just relaxation.
0: Well, I think what I took away from the part you were talking about, John the Baptist being in prison, and really all he wanted to know was, hey guys, I'm hearing about Jesus, and I'm hearing about this (laughs) this might be the guy. And here's a guy who has completely immersed himself in lifestyle, in study, in... Completely preparing the way for the Messiah, the most important person that's ever going to set foot on this planet. And even he Mm -hmm. had to hear it from someone he trusted to say, yeah, yeah, what he's doing, it's right. And Jesus was compassionate (laughs) enough to (laughs) say like you like you outlined, that he knew what he needed to hear. He knew he just didn't need to hear, oh, yeah, it's all good.
2: Yeah. It's, well, it's it goes good. back to what Andy was saying. I think it goes back to competence again. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, Jesus couldn't just say, yes, just tell him and stop worrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus had to show he knew John. He understood what John really, really would need. And he gives it back to him in a way that is quite powerful. It wasn't a three-stage rocket, but it no, was. It, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, hey, uh, so, and thinking about the whole talk and listening to the sermon, I, I made me think about okay, what are the things that take peace
2: away? Mm. Yeah. And is there anything we can do about that? What things rob us? Mm-hmm. What robs yeah, us of, of peace? those peace? Um, I, I'm going through that right now. Okay. I really am. Uh, One of the things I think that takes it away is when we believe that our bandwidth and the things that we're able to accomplish are our own. Oh, okay. Um, Because we do. We tend to pile up on those things. Because we think, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I got this. It, it's, it's the same temptation that happens when I got into the ambulance. <laughs> Guys, I, I can take care of this. So, as I look back, you read in Mark chapter one, there's a great story about Jesus who literally could handle I mean, he's God, he can <laughs> handle everything, right? And yet, here he is with so much to mm. do. And where do the disciples find him? Alone. Before the sunrise, in prayer, meditation, seeking that time with God. Wow, that's really good, Jeff. Thinking that it's about us and what
1: we can accomplish, and then fearful that we're not accomplishing it, can steal our peace. And confidence in God's accomplishment can bring
2: it back. Yeah, back, I guess last night. I know this sounds weird, but last I'm I'm taking a <laughs> class. Oh, yeah, we it, haven't it, heard it yet. It no. wasn't until now. But <laughs> yeah. thanks. Now we're looking for the weirdness. Um, <laughs> I'm taking a class right now because I'm working on Andy knows this. I'm working on a licensure in, in uh, counseling. So one of the things we had to do was go to some NA meetings, NAA meetings. So last night I went to my first NA meeting. And uh, it's a 12-step 12, 12 uh, sure. program. And one of the biggest sides to this is realizing how powerless you are. Oh, and that's so true. And, and the acceptance of that. And I was in there, and I was blown. Oh, and by the way, I felt this. You know, when you're around people that are brutally honest with themselves.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> refreshing.
2: It is very refreshing. And it's captivating because I wasn't there for recovery, I wasn't able to share or talk or right. be a part of what was going on. And they made that very clear, but friendly. Uh, they sure. were very, very friendly about it. Glad I was there. But it was a, a situation where I could observe, but that's all. Wow. And that was serious. It was not something that they... You know, in church, we tend to be really nice, you know, oh yeah, I'm glad you're here, oh man, and we're accepting of whatever, you know, whatever you bring, they were extremely clear that I was not there. You were just before. there as an observer. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's really interesting, Jeff, you said going
1: there, these people were very clear that they were powerless. Mm-hmm. And yet, sometimes in the Christian faith, i.e. the Adventist denomination, <laughs> we sometimes teach people... That they're supposed to be powerful. That, that we, yeah. That now, 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 point. You, now you can overcome, you can be an overcomer, which is still a good thing. I'm not an anti overcomer, but, oh, but, 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 but thinking about, <laughs> but thinking about being able as opposed to being disabled mm-hmm. puts us in a different seat in our relationship to other people and to God.
2: Yes. It may have a big piece of stealing peace. Yeah. I think that that's one of the hardest part to get over is that. My piece does not come from me manufacturing it. Right,
1: and I don't have the power to create. Okay, back to you, Randy. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) we're taking over. No,
0: no, I mean, actually, you guys have really covered pretty much everything (laughs) that I had wanted to talk about. The last thing I wanted to talk about, though, was this time of year, it seems as though we hear of more people deciding that they can't do it anymore. And in our conference, we recently had a pastor, young pastor yeah. with a family that tragically lost that battle. And almost all of these cases, you hear afterwards that, I don't know what happened. You talk to this person one minute, they're okay. Yes, we know that there are some issues and they're on medication, and there's such a stigma, like Andy, you just yeah. said, now you know God, now you know Jesus, He's your friend, you're an overcomer, you're, you have Jeez. every everything inside of you now is ready and able to do God's work as He's put you here yeah. for. And then you are left with this person and this situation and the fallout and the family and the church and all these people that are going, okay, how, yeah, did, um, how did this happen?
1: Well, like, we want to we find a reason... Sure. So we can have some kind of excuse for this, yeah. as a recognition of, of the hopelessness. We don't like we don't like facing that no. that sheer hopelessness that comes to some. Well,
2: it's hard to even admit that sometimes right. because yeah. uh, we. I don't want to say brainwash, but I'll use that term. We have been taught that our weakness, it really is not something that we should be bringing up to everybody. Sure, and there is a yeah. side to us that. Paul didn't learn that very well, did he? Yeah. Well, and (laughs) and and our isolation gets you know we become reclusive with our pain, and I look back at the situation that this gentleman was in, and I feel I feel like oh man, you know what happens is we lose peace, and then instead of going to our community, which were which was where another place you can find peace, actually. Sure we isolate ourselves and we take it upon ourselves. And the
1: isolation and the hiding of our angst, the hiding of our loneliness, the hiding of our, you name it, we actually become that in a greater degree. So that I'm lonely and I feel hopeless and I withdraw and I become more hopeless and more without peace. It just compounds itself versus sharing it and admitting it and owning the fact that, hey, I am hopeless or I am fully anxious and there's no peace in my life that
2: gives us an opportunity for a starting point, whereas when we hold on to it or try to cover it up, it gets worse. I know we've got short on time, but that's the part that I'd I'd like to just talk about, is the reason why John, in prison, all by himself, alone, Mm -hmm. disciples leaving, I think the reason why he became at peace and why Jesus answered him the way he was is not only because Jesus understood what John needed, but because Jesus really knew John. And to Mm -hmm. be known is one of the most peaceful things. When you can be known honestly, foibles and all, then I think that brings peace. Well, there's authenticity that you can't run from at that point. If if two people have decided
0: that they're going to share, and we're going to be just brutally honest, we're going to be transparent with each other, then there's nothing left to hide behind and (laughs) say, oh, I didn't know about this, or I didn't realize how bad that was. Everyone knows where they're at. But as Christians, and maybe in this case as a pastor, how hard is that to admit that, Oh, well, because now all of a sudden you're not spiritual anymore. Because geez, if you were, then you'd know that Jesus has everything taken care of, and it can't be that bad.
1: And it can be, and yeah. that's what's sad. That's what's it, sad. Yeah. yeah, it, it really can be. And well,
2: we ought to do a special sometime just on this. So yeah, it absolutely. really would be fun. It's a great topic, and I think it's a topic that literally can become an epidemic. It might be
0: absolutely. One of our FHC takeaways this week asked, "What feelings come over you when you anticipate the holiday season?" And what is it about the holidays that causes these feelings, whether they be positive or negative? <laughs> now, if this takeaway immediately takes you away to an immediate apprehension about the upcoming days and <laughs> weeks, or maybe it's been in play already since Thanksgiving, this is an opportunity to pause and reflect. This is from a person enrolled for nearly 25 years in Ba Humbug Rehab <laughs> and still not convinced the holidays are for me. I've learned that I need to shut out the October Santas the month-long Christmas music radio stations, and the overall commercialism that is really what ruins it for me. The past has its own set of challenges as well, but overall, these are things I know I need to avoid or I will just be the most miserable person to those around me throughout the month.
1: And then when you're at the height of your misery, you get that Christmas card that says... Peace. (laughs) Thanks. Where were you for the last 30 days, right?
0: So this is an opportunity to talk to family, talk to friends, talk to your pastor, your bartender, your therapist, pray, (laughs) whoever it is that is your person that you feel the most vulnerable with or most available to be vulnerable with. It's okay to need help and it's okay to get help. Our prayer is that we all find peace, not just in this season, but in our heart's belief that Jesus has done it all and to seek that connection for the ultimate peace in our lives every day. So share that peace every time you're resting in it and appreciating it and allow others to see and desire that beauty of God for themselves. So I don't want to leave without saying that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255 or suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Because you know what? If you're there and you've already talked to all those people and you just haven't found any way else and you're feeling like there's no other way out, give it a call and we pray that everyone would find a way to get past.
2: And I, I just it. want to encourage them that sometimes it's great to speak peace into somebody else's life too. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just a matter of like you said that engaging conversation yeah. and then that can be a starting point and just pray for the Holy Spirit to allow for more interaction and and more yeah. more friendship, more getting to know each other. All right, upcoming this week we are Seasons Greeting Part 2 and what joy, joy. is it this week? Joy. Yeah. J O Y. So don't let anyone steal your joy between now and then, because that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, as always, to Andy, Jeff, and Tom. And do join us again next Wednesday. Thank you for listening, and have a great week.
1: Oh, I got, I got I'm my first half of the sermon this week to translate last week. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, uh. Just kidding! You got that on tape, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? What <laughs> Jeff really meant <laughs> to <laughs> say? Uh, okay. No, Jeff. Yeah, did, all Jeff, of that. Jeff did a fine job. Psychology <laughs> oh, Ecology. <man>. <laughs>